Hello and welcome to episode 197 of Checkpoint Chat. My name is Alessandro Barbosa. I'm joined by Matthew Bigera. <laughs> sometimes you just surprise me. Sometimes you'll it'll be clear we're going to start now and then there's like mm-hmm. a pause. And then sometimes we'll talk and then there'll be a pause and then you'll carry on talking and then you'll pause and you'll carry on. And sometimes you talk, you pause, and you just start the episode. <laughs> Got to keep you on your toes, Matthew. Got to keep this live production on your toes. Yeah, just hard cut to my face when you introduced the show. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> it, yeah, it was like, it was like a, that was an even longer pause than usual because you knew what was happening. And I think you were still shocked that it was happening was like, so soon. It's just got the time has started, started the recording, and it's this production brain going on here. Which I'm, yeah, I'm ready now. You ready? How ready. how lovely is this beautiful sunny weather on how the nice eve of it getting cold again? That you can feel the switch to summer. Have you have you Oof. gone out at like six p.m. and gone? Huh? It's not pitch black. Yep. Oh, I feels, do not need my. It feels like thick summer. ass jacket anymore. Yeah, I, I cannot wait for summer. I'm over winter. I think Same. I think we've actually spoken about this. Where I said I'm now I'm getting old. When I'm the one who starts complaining about the weather. <laughs> no, and but it's, I've done it's that true. an awful lot this season. This winter wasn't even that bad. Like, let's be honest. Like, it was like no, quite but mild. It's, it's because we had a, a joke of a summer. So it just felt like it's one long, miserable, one long, mediocre winter. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. About. But we but also we had like tons of rain during this winter, which is so unusual. And you're right. We had, I could probably count in my hand the number of cold fronts we had which is unusual because it always mm. feels like it's generally cold but then every two to three weeks it's like oh there's a cold front it's gonna get even like, colder normally july is like frigid this past mm. july was fine it's actually like temperate yeah yeah so global warming hooray hooray also yeah, now the whole though, of july the whole of europe was burning down and here we were having a mild <laughs> winter so august is also um you know it starts warming up. There's always one surprise cold front. And I think mm. it's this gonna weekend is it's the gonna surprise happen. cold fronts. You and I are running tomorrow morning. It's always cold the 1st of September. Like put it that way. It is. Always. It always so, is. Yeah, yeah. You and I are running if tomorrow it's and it's cold, be cold. If it's cold in the morning for the I'm run. I'm just going to stay in bed. It's cool. Very, very I mean, you're going to be gotta sad. Go, still got to go pick up my number. Got to downgrade to that 10K. Because, oh, uh, did you pay for the 20 run? I also need to collect my... Yeah, my number today and Enskers. So yeah, it's going to we'll be a good there. race. It's a route I enjoy. Um, done it's many your, a time. It's my it's home hood. turf. Home turf. Home turf now. <laughs> yeah, home turf advantage. I yeah, know the route, home, home so I know exactly how to pace myself. Oh God, you're going to beat a great, me. Great time. Yeah. When I good ran Lord. with you last week, that's always the the tricky thing when running a new route. You'd never sure. You don't know how to pace like, yourself. Yeah. How to pace yourself? Like, where are the hard parts? You can't mentally prepare for them, and then you have Where? a running partner who just lies to you after every corner. Who's just like, no, after Listen. this hill, it's pretty much fine. <laughs> after this hill, like three k's later, you. we're still hitting I these I told you there hills. were hills. There were many hills. Only at the end, I, was, I said, up front, first half of the route, hills. Second half, way less hills. I mean, true, but we got like two k's in. You're like, <laughs> oh, the intense hills are pretty much done. <laughs> Fucking lies. Oh, there was one lies more. abound. Oh, <laughs> <clears throat> lies abound. <laughs> 
so gotta, many gotta, still to come. Gotta motivate. Yes, you, you and Lenska are the same though, because I'm the same with her. I'm like, there's just one more heel. And then we get there. She's like, oh my God. Yes. Uh, when you're Lenska. like, oh, there's still a baby heel by the zoo. <laughs> my brain didn't click. Like I should have known because I know exactly what heel that is. And when we arrived there, I was like, oh my God. This but is I've, baby I've heel. had Lenska complain like, oh, all the roots you do have are just, just heels. <laughs> and I, I've said, well, okay, be, be my guest. You plan a route and figure one out with art. I mean, it's impossible if you're doing a circle. Literally. So, yeah. Yeah, but this area specifically is like impossible. There's routes. You you leave my road. You're either going to go up a hill, down a hill. And if you go down, mm. you're going to have to go up. And if you go up, you're going to have to come down. So Eventually, you're going to have to to equal it out again. It's not like yeah. I can just run a flat line anywhere. <laughs> It, it's impossible. <laughs> Why not, Matthew? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's just impossible. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's, but, it's good but the but the back half had some good downhills. I enjoyed the run, and then we had mm. some good uh, good food mm. afterwards. It was a, it was a great time. It was a great a great way to spend a Sunday morning. Tom Shishoka, do it again tomorrow. Mm. Wink, wink. <laughs> ooh, ooh, okay. Well, we don't end anywhere near. No. <laughs> so it's very far away. We'll have to just run there. It's cool. We can we can walk to Bootlegger, which is quite mm. close. We'll see. Can discuss. Yeah. Discuss these plans. Off, but off yeah, the air. <laughs> the, but, but this is this is what I like um about uh running now when it's a bit warmer. It's like I arrived at you, I'm not like covered in layers, I just have my t shirt yeah. on and it's like not cold. It's even it's even great. just in, in summer, the fact that you can wake up and run. It, yeah, it's light, yeah. pretty early. You don't have to worry about layering up or getting dressed. Super. Although super in summer warm. you're racing against the sun because as soon as it hits like half nine, it's going to be hot. I tell you, I, I hate getting up early, but it's it's this weird thing of in winter I, I can't get up early because it's cold and it's dark, so it's mm-hmm. nice to sleep in. But I don't like that the day gets away from you. So we've been yeah. running like 9, 10, and we finish at 11, then shower, then it's 12. I'm like, oh my God, the, the morning's yeah, gone. Yeah, half Where's the day's gone. Yeah. Summer, I can get up at 6, and I, it's weird because it's so warm. I just get dressed and I go, get home 7, shower, ready by 8. I'm like, damn, I've got the whole day ahead of me still. Exactly. They, then you feel well, like you've done something <laughs> and it's like the day's just started. It's such yeah, a great will, feeling. Will I crash that evening? Probably. But oh, it yeah, doesn't matter. but it's fine. It doesn't matter. That That's that's future Matthew's problem. I yeah, I had a good start to the day. It's cool. Will I, will I be able to uh, game late tonight? Probably not. It's cool. You or say this, but I've, I've seen you game until like 2, 2 a.m. on days where you've yeah, done but, a 10K run in the morning. So Yeah, but those are days where it's like a 9, nine o'clock 10 run. I mean, a 10K run. Mm. Yeah, try Hit me up when it's those 5 or 6 in the morning runs and see if I'm up but, late. No. But on, on on the days that you stream, don't you get up and go running in the morning? Mm-mm. No. Oh, okay. I thought you did because I was like, oh, you do that and then you stream until like midnight. So I'm like, I don't know how you live, but until midnight, please. <laughs> Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, in winter we we do lunch runs. Uh, um, okay, because you can in winter and summer. Yeah, yeah. you actually no. die. No, that is just no bueno. Not going to happen. Yeah. So um, wait, on a, on a streaming day, you don't run in the morning, but then you'll run on a Wednesday. So you're just like running on fumes at that point. No, at, at, at lunchtime. Good. Oh, okay. If you're uh, running at lunch, it, right. Sorry, yeah. But in, in summer, summer, you need to get up in the morning. No, no. We run run in the evenings because then it is light. Oh, uh, okay. Work, yeah. Yo, I so can't do the switch. evening runs. Hey? Like, I've done a few of them, but you have the whole day to talk yourself out of that run. 
I know. And then you get to 5 p.m. <laughs> and you're like, I'm so tired because work is taken out of me. Now I must go run. Like, nah. But you know what? You need to tell yourself that. Have you ever done a run that you've regretted? No, true. But it's way easier for me to be like, oh, no, I'll do it I tomorrow know, morning. This, this is the motivation I have, whether it's a morning or an evening run, where I'm like, I don't want to. And it's like, have I ever regretted it? After. I'm like, no. Never. The first, I mean, the first care, I'm like, oh. This is the worst. And then by the end, I'm like, damn, this is the best thing I've ever done in my life. (laughs) It's so shit. That first few. It's just like when you arrive at gym, like I've had moments where I've like gone to the gym, literally parked, sat there and been like, I could just, (laughs) I literally could just turn on my car and leave. Listen, there have been at least one or two instances in my life where I have done that. I've just got there and been like, Fuck this and just like turned on the car again and turned so around. My next question is where did you go after you turned your car around? Did you just go straight I went home? back home, yeah. Or did you hit that McDonald's? Oh <laughs> uh, mm, I think once I did probably see, which yeah, is the, just that's that's just like you're going from one extreme to the next. It's that's so the, bad. The little devil on your shoulder went. It's like listen. <laughs> <laughs> or I do you the, could, you the could, even worse thing where I go there. I'm like, cool, I'm just going to check Twitter quickly. And then half an hour passes in my car. And I'm like, what have I done? Like, <laughs> the devil on your shoulder is like, hey. Now yeah, I just, I, just, I just leave. I just go. Oh, oh God. God. Yeah, no, it's it's great uh, weather now to like, um, you know, start getting to the gym quite well. Like you can get there and it's like light. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, especially for someone like Shanyu who goes at like 5 a.m. Like oh my God, it's yeah. nice to have like light when Actual you're going. Actual light, so. yeah. Yeah, it's a good time. I like this this sort of transition from winter to summer. So what, mm. what the Americans would call spring. Sorry, <laughs> I was going to say fall, but I was like, wait, that's autumn. Never mind. <laughs> like, do we not call it spring? <laughs> yeah, I was like, sorry, my bad. Uh, I'm gonna do that from now, just with normal, normal terms. I had, I ate some food this morning. Was uh, Americans like to call it breakfast? <laughs> I call them. Doesn't everyone call it breakfast? <laughs> and I covered I my food, this. my leftovers after with what Americans like to call aluminum. <laughs> Alu- oh, good lord! Alu- but yesterday I got, I got given such shit by Shani because uh, we had a guy at work. Um, whose birthday, it was his birthday, and he bought this, like, uh, tart uh, from this French patisserie, and it was a pecan tart. Like, very, But I kept saying pecan. 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 Uh, and yeah, she, that's American, for, isn't it? For, yeah, for a few minutes, she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, the nuts. She's like, pecans. And I was like, all oh, right, yeah, that's probably how you but say always it. Always Americans yeah. like to call it nuts. <laughs> Nut, yeah, these nuts. <laughs> these nuts. <laughs> it was oh, a very God. good tart. So, like, I have... Long, I think we were speaking about it in Discord uh, this week that I've been to many French patisseries locally and they're all fucking disappointing. Um, but I don't know where this one was, but the tart was this, exceptional. The, dis, the Discord this week had me questioning everyone because there was discussion about which desserts are bad. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that Curve and I agree that no desserts is bad. They're just tiers of what is better than the other. I mean that's true, but there are bottom are tier desserts. Like I mean, there are I, desserts that I'm just like, eh. I, I'll say there's desserts which aren't my preference, but I'm, I'll never not eat a dessert. You're gonna come here and tell me jelly and custard. You're gonna be happy with that. 
I'll eat it. I'm there. <laughs> I mean, I'll eat it. It's a, but I won't be a, like, I'll be like, I'm wasting it's good a low, calories here. It's a low tier dessert, but I'll eat it. If there's no, if, Peppermint if, if, crisp if I have a tart. meal and that's low the tier. dessert served to me, I'll eat it. I won't go. Oh, Peppermint no, crisp, low tier. Malva pudding, oh low tier. Oh. Yeah, Malva pudding's where you lost me. How, how dare you? No, I just, listen, Malva, Malva pudding is just like, it's warm and people just like, I'm going to drown this in custard right now. Yeah, it's, it's like just delicious. eat the fucking custard. Just eat. No. You, you're not even tasting the malva <laughs> at this point. Just eat the custard. Stop joking with yourself. Oh like, my god! It's like saying I eat the hot dogs for the mustard. Just ditch the hot dog and eat the mustard. I mean, are we wrong? It's yes, a vessel for tomato so sauce wrong. and mustard. <laughs> are you eating malva a hot dog pudding. being like, wow, the quality of this sausage is so good? It's like I'm no, not, I'm not going. Damn, this mustard is the best part of this meal. It's fucking great. I love mustard. Yeah. <laughs> Cheesecake, that is a top tier dessert. Cannot beat, <laughs> cannot beat cheesecake. I did laugh. What is the, it was, what dessert did we say that Darren's like, ah, oh, actual cheesecake? Oh, um, no, we we're talking about, uh, I, I was talking oh, about a chocolate souffle. souffle. And souffle. I was like, you can get a cheese souffle. Yes, but he's oh. like, ah, oh, actual cheesecake. I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong, but also this isn't even a dessert at this point. <laughs> Still like cannot believe God, yeah. that at one point in his life he thought cheesecake was just cake with a slice of cheese in it, which is just fucking mind blowing to me. Melted cheese. Why do they call it cheesecake? Cheesecake's a weird one. Can I tell you why? Because baked cheesecake is S tier. Fridge cheesecake can, is like on bottom <laughs> tier. Like fridge cheesecake is so. Or maybe boring. it'd be better if they added more slices of cheese. Make it an yeah, actual cheesecake. Yeah, I want cheesecake. cheddar. At least on uh, three mozzarella layers of cheesecake, cake. please. <laughs> some ricotta. So, oh, well, no, actually, geez. most cheesecakes use like mascarpone and ricotta sometimes. So, I've had a ricotta cake before. Not great. So, you see, there's actual a, cheesecake and cheese. I mean, actual cheese. I mean, there's and cheese and cheesecake, definitely. But it's Darren's like there's wrong. so much sweetness to it. It's like, yeah. Might as well not be. And it's usually mascarpone. So, yeah. Goddamn. We'll really live and do. die by cheesecake. I love cheesecake. So good. <laughs> it's been a very varied intro. My notes here say cold fronts, heels, American accents, and cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. Great. Got it. Uh, but with that, uh, this is Chicken Chat. We talk about cheesecake and video games. Um, yeah, we actually have quite a few video games oh my God, to talk about, so which many. is strange because this is probably like our longest preamble ever. So, you know. Well, it's, it's up there. It's up there. Mm. Mm. Um, so, hmm, sorry, I just had like a piece of hair in my Cheesecake. mouth. Cheesecake. Um, nice. <laughs> <God>, <laughs> um, past few weeks, I'm sure if you've been listening, you remember I've been saying I've been playing something that I can't talk about. Um, it hasn't been Cult of the Lamb, unfortunately. I have played that now, but that's not what I was talking about. Uh, was Spider-Man Remastered on PC? Um, Bam. Look at that. I got this game like two weeks ago, but like the game that people are going to be playing now that it's out was only really patched in like two or three days ago. Um, mm. uh, Nixies and Insomniac Games. So N- Nixies is the development house that Sony bought a while back um, specifically for stuff like this, like to port, port games yeah. to PC at a high quality because Nixies used to work a lot with Square Enix and Idis Montreal to bring their games to PC and they always did a phenomenal job and Spider-Man is no no different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's quite impre- incredible given that this is a, a proprietary engine from Insomniac um, mm-hmm. and it's PC port 
has so many options uh, that it makes like, you know, even games running on like Unreal and stuff look pedestrian in terms of mm. the options it gives you to, um, you know, make the game run on you can a wide variety it, yeah. of systems. Yeah, you can tailor it. Uh, I think that the the quality of of the game doesn't, it surpasses the PS5 in, in some ways, but in some ways mm. it just like matches it in terms of quality. But one yeah. thing, if you have the capable hardware is like the ray tracing looks unbelievable. It's like, real good. It's so if, tiers above what yeah, PS5 so is able to do. For example, if you're watching the the video version now, just look at all them shiny reflections. It's yeah, it's real good. And <laughs> it's, it's like it's damn. Not, <laughs> it's not even just the reflections. Like a digital mm. founder obviously has a lot of um, side by side screenshots, but it's like the geometry in the reflections is of a high resolution. The mm. number of things that can be reflected are it's much higher. So. Like your reflections just have way more definition and mm. it might not be noticeable if you don't put them side by side, but like when you go back to the PS5 version, it's yeah. it's notice noticeably less like impressive. <laughs> those, I would just saying something because that game was impressive from the yeah. get go anyway. So But I mean it's funny because for me this is it feels like the game that keeps on give, uh, give giving because I played it on PS4. I was like, damn, this mm. is a great game. Watch Lenska play it on PS5, and I played a bit myself. It's like, damn, this game looks real good. <laughs> this this next gen, and then now on PC, I'm like, it looks even better. It still looks great. I mean, yeah. I even I showed Lenska yesterday. We you know that opening scene so good when Peter wakes up, jumps oh, out the window. It's it's so great. The the whole transition to like jumps out a window and then and you're in the you, game. You're in the game. Yeah. And I just showed. I was just swinging, and I was like, how good does this look? And she's like, oh my god, like it looks lifelike. Um, mm-hmm. It's this game, yeah, it's twenty twenty eighteen game, but they've Four really old game already, hey? Yeah, Insane. they've, they've yeah. made it look. I mean, it looked good on PS five, obviously, but yeah. just running on on PS five at like a half frame rate. I think mm. I had it running at two K. I was like, it's, it's oh really, yeah, that fourteen forty p sharpness yeah. with like a a frame rate that runs like in excess mm. of a hundred um, is real. So so that's one thing that obviously we need to chat about. This game, as good as it looks, is a bit like resource intensive yeah, it's intensive but yeah. n- not not with the the things that you expect so like yes it's gpu intensive if you like putting ray tracing up to it's like full tilt but it still looks really good even if you aren't like putting everything up to its max where mm. you might run into issues is actually your cpu out in the open world it's like mm. heavily cpu limited like in indoor scenes i was maxing out at like 144 hertz on a Easy. on my pc yeah. um but in the open world, because I'm only running a 5600X, which is not a bad CPU, it's just like not, it's like two gens behind now. Like it mm. was, couldn't get really above 70 and sometimes dip below 60. And mm. trying to figure out which settings that, you know, allowed me to prevent that is almost impossible. Like most of them yeah. don't. So yeah, that's just something to be aware of. Um, and maybe it will... Maybe it will change. I know during the review period, uh, Nixie's actually said that they are improving performance on AMD CPUs because at first it was abysmal. It was like uh, really bad. Just... And it was only this week that it got to the point where it is now and actually feels quite good. Yeah. Um, so maybe they'll improve it going forward. Uh, I know there's some, there's some talk of how it can maybe use SSDs a bit better so it isn't just chucking loads of, uh, assets on your CPU to decompress it can actually use yeah. like fast SSDs to do that to do that which yeah. I guess on the PS5 it 
it can do because it just expects that SSD to be there. But mm-hmm. like on a PC, it needs to make provisions for like, well, what if someone doesn't have a fast SSD? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> what if somebody has the equivalent of a PS4 PC? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, this, is, could, this could have been a good use or a, a good um, like case study on what if games are going to start requiring a certain SSD speed exactly, to even yeah. work. And I think I'm actually quite surprised that that hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with like, you know, you've got talk of Returnal coming to PC and that is a PS5 yeah. exclusive game. So I suspect a lot of work is going into that port to make it playable on much slower SSDs or maybe we'll finally get a game that says, no, you need a PCIe Gen 4 SSD. Otherwise, this yeah. will straight up not work. <laughs> Your straight um, up HDD is just not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Like, think think about that game, how you had to, like, when you ran to a door and it loaded that next area immediately. Like, mm. that will not work on a non-SSD. No. So It'll just sit and wait. It'll break the whole experience. Exactly. Exactly. So, I think we are getting closer and closer to to that sort of future. But um, at the same time, I I do think you should be running like at least on my machine, I've got two SSDs. One is like the ultra fast one and one is like mm. still an SSD, but not an ultra fast one. And I know if I'm playing a game now, I'll put it on the ultra fast one. And I use the other one as like cold mm. storage, put it that way. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you kind of have to do that. So, yeah. But yeah, Spider-Man's great. I think you've played a bit. Have you noticed how the game is like as impressive as it is? It's showing its age in certain aspects of its open world now. So I only played about two hours on PC, but remember, like I mentioned earlier, Lenska uh, played it earlier this year. So let's call it four months ago, three to four months ago. And even then I was like, <laughs> much as I love this game, I'm seeing how dated the open world feels. I mean, even when we when we played it in, when did it come out? 2018? 2018, yeah. Um, the only reason I actually noticed that specifically is because we went for the Platinum and that was like, okay, you got to yeah. do everything. Yeah. And at that point, it's like, okay, let me uh, do all the, the crimes in the area. And was, that's when it became very clear of, oh, <laughs> damn, this is a lot of bloat. Like there's it's a super ton of bloat cutter, yeah. Yeah, in the game. I mean- don't get me wrong the base the base experience is really good like this is one of the best spider-man stories i'd say oh absolutely Um, yeah like it's it's got real good beats great highs um but very good story missions yeah the actual you know side side quest activities i mean there are a couple side quests and they're fine but yeah it's 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 very dated by today's Mm. standards Um, it it stuck out to me a lot more than i thought it would just like especially at the beginning of the game, because the beginning of the game is a lot of story missions disguised <clears throat> as side missions yeah. um, that are there to introduce you. Like you will do something in a story mission and then Peter will be like, oh, they've got these things happening all over the city and the map will just be like, here's, it will just Some vomit stuff, icons yeah. at you. Yeah. Um, and I just, I forgot how like tightly tied those things are to like suit abilities and gadget abilities. Mm. Like, to unlock them, you need to do X number of crimes or X number of this activity or find X number of backpacks and stuff like that. Mm. So, And then there's moments in the story where Peter will be like, oh, I've got some downtime. Let me just go, do you some know, stuff, go yeah. on patrol. And the story will not progress until you've done like two or three side activities. Yeah. And I just did not enjoy that mm. because the, the activities aren't as interesting. It's, yeah, it, it, it really boils down to there's a group of bad guys just 
beat them up. Just go beat them up. <laughs> for, for the most part, there are, there are yeah. some others like, um, you know, Harry Osborne's environmental tasks are a little bit different. Oh, some more of those very, but suck though as well. But oh my those, God. those end up becoming like collect this or swing over to that God, thing the, over the there. The first one of that is like swing through clouds of pollution and it's just like mm. so stupid. It's, I, I think, yeah, I think if you're playing this game for the first time, you'll probably be far more forgiving of it because mm. it's just the novelty of swinging around and, and the the feeling of being Spider-Man is so powerful. Like, it feels yeah. so good. But we've both played this game now and we've played Miles Morales. I've played Miles Morales twice. So, mm, like, same. that novelty is still there, but it's not the same, you know? It's not like the big wow factor as it was mm. back then. Um, so I but think also, it's just more apparent the content is just like not up to stuff with the rest. I think you you hit the nail on the head. You see, I think you mentioned in our Discord earlier this week of it, it's apparent how dated this game is purely because Miles Morales is like a more condensed mm. um, experience. Because Miles Morales, like I, obviously I think it's better. Um, yes, certainly. absolutely. But, but it's also filled with fluff, but it's less apparent because it's a lot shorter. Like you can... Yeah. 100% that game in, I'm, I'm sucking up, let's call it 10 to 15 hours, maybe 20. Whereas yeah, I think, this, I, think I 100%ed it in, yeah, like 14. 14 yeah, where's, so. where's this game? Oh my God, to tick off every crime and oh everything, God. it's, you're looking at like 50 to 60 hours, maybe, maybe 40, um, if you, yeah. you know, know Easily. what you're doing. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Like, and Miles Morales, I think, Miles Morales benefits because it takes the assumption that you've played Spider-Man before mm. because it throws that everything at you right everything. at the beginning. Yeah. yeah, I remember playing it the first time and actually struggling to get back into the groove of the combat because it just mm. kind of expected you to remember how the combat worked. Yeah, um, which in a way is kind of neat because it doesn't need to spend time reteaching you everything. Um, mm. And I think that's why it felt way more streamlined and could be more streamlined, but. Yeah, the, the quality of the side missions in Miles Morales was a step above for sure. Mm. Um, so I'm I'm just hoping that because I think the second one is coming out or it's slated for next year, Spider-Man 2. Mm. So I hope that the the world itself will feel a lot more modern in that regard. Mm. Um, will that be yeah. current gen only, like PS5 yes. only? Okay. it's not PS4 as far as yeah, I know. So I'd be very curious to see what that game is. Um, because yeah, like yeah, <laughs> I just I think I'm, you I'm were curious. saying it would be you. It would be cool if it was co-op because now it features Peter and Miles yeah, as well. So yeah, so. spoiler if you didn't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a Miles Morales game. The yeah. next game is going to feature both of them, but we don't know to to what degree they're going to yes. both be included. Um, yeah, we. Yeah. I mean, there's just been the first trailer which featured both of them, and we know that Craven is going to be a big villain, and we know mm. Venom's going to be a villain. I mean, so, can can you imagine swinging around the city together? Oof. That'd be, I think, some good fun. Or they job. do it. Or they do a GTA Five style thing where you swap. You between just swap them. between the two. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I really like that because I think they. If you haven't played Miles, like, it's not just oh, this is now Spider Man, but with with a different like costume. It's like Miles plays mm. so differently. Um, yeah. His abilities are different. His stealth abilities are different. His combat is mm. different. Um, so yeah, I think it would be great to, if the game utilizes them both to those strengths. So yeah. yeah. But I mean, if, if you've not owned a PS4 or PS5 and you're new to Spider-Man, you have some good content to look forward to because yeah, I mean, absolutely. this is out now, Miles Morales is coming out late this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. They did say later this year. Yeah. Um, 
and that game like, on PC is going to look because that game amazing, also yeah. just its style is so different. Like I yeah, can't wait to see that. It's on also diff- different time of the year. It's like it's snowing. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more neon look. and color in there. So mm. I think the ray tracing improvements oh are going to look gonna spectacular in that game. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, we've we've got the criticisms, but I still love the Spider-Man game. It is the yeah. best Spider-Man game. Well, both of them. This this entire uh, series is just the best, like the best open world Spider-Man simulator you could hope for. I mean, mm-hmm. they we've known since 2018 when we played the game that they put a lot of time into making the swinging feel good, and you can feel it. It's like we pick up this game four years later and we still go oh my god <laughs> swinging the around is still, still the still best so thing it yeah. still feels so good like i still rarely like used uh fast travel because it's just so much fun to get around mm. like the combination of swinging web zipping like oh it feels phenomenal just mm. really really good so yeah i'm i'm happy that people who like you said uh who don't have consoles are able to play this now and it's a shame it took four whole years like that's a bit of a bummer Mm. Um, because it does mean that some of the design elements feel out of touch with yeah. what you'd expect now, but it's still such a good game. Yeah. Yeah. Would recommend if you've got a would PC recommend, and you haven't played absolutely. it. Definitely play it. It's, it's a good time. Um, cool. So that's uh Spider-Man remastered. Uh hopefully we'll get to play Miles soon enough again. Um soon. Yeah, moving on. I I started playing, I've only played about two hours or so of new game called Cult of the Lamb. Uh, this is one Cult of the this one published by Devolver Digital um, and that has been on my radar for quite a while now just because of how weird Where, and interesting it looks. When was it um, first shown? It was, I think it was last oh year God, sometime. If oh, hello cat. <laughs> um, I think it was last year sometime. I can't remember, but like from the moment it was announced, it was like quite striking. Um, mm. it, because it the, was a standout game. Yeah, the whole premise is just like you are this lamb, and you are essentially building a a cult to follow you. Um, mm. and it's just like so out there and ridiculous. Um, so yeah, so for those who who are unaware, Cult of the Lamb is actually a combination of two genres, so to speak. It is a sort of like town simulator management sim. And then it is also a roguelite dungeon crawler. So essentially at the beginning of the game, you are this lamb that is going to be sacrificed uh, uh, to these three gods. And this fourth god (laughs) who is called the one, the one and below or something like that. I don't know. He's like this, God that was like outcast by the other three. The and one he, who waits. The one who waits. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that because I've got some gameplay. <laughs> uh, uh, he saves you from death and he's like, I want you to start a cult in my name so that you can overthrow the, the other three gods. And he gives mm. you this crown. And now you as a lamb are going to start a cult um, in his name. And so... What you do is, as you complete uh, runs through uh, procedurally generated dungeons, you'll come across followers who you then indoctrinate uh, to your cult. And then when you get back to town, you do things like uh, get them to mine like ore or or wood or or, um, uh, pray at a shrine. And all of those give you resources to build new structures. Um, Devotion, which you get from your shrine, uh, lets you upgrade... Uh, the tier of your town, which unlocks more structures for you to to build. Uh, 
You then have like a church where you deliver sermons, which gives you another resource, <laughs> uh, which determines like That's your scary. level in your dungeon crawling run. So that will determine like the starting level of the weapons you find on each run or the abilities that are offered to you um, on each run. Mm. Uh, you can then also, you find during some runs, you find these uh, like slabs, almost like uh, commandments. And those let you those let you determine like certain rituals that can help you throughout uh, each of the days that go by. So say like say like all of your followers are actually struggling a bit with hunger. You can perform a ritual that says, okay, uh, they are going to fast for three days and they won't care about their hunger for three days, which gives you some time uh, okay. to like gather the resources you need to feed them. Or yeah. or you can host a ritual which uh, will like magically spawn some food so that people won't be as hungry um, for the next couple mm. of days or something like that. So you've got to tend to the needs of your followers as well. Like each of them have a few little side quests uh, that will increase their loyalty to you. Uh, you have to keep the camp clean. You have to make sure that they have good sleeping quarters, make sure they're fed. Um, and all of those things, the more loyal they are to you, the more devotion they will uh, contribute to you when you deliver sermons and when they pray mm. at shrines and stuff like that. So it's got a really captivating layer of like go out into the dungeon, you know, mm. get some resources, beat some mini bosses, uh, come back and then spend those resources to make your your well grow your camp and and mm. increase your follower count to make sure that your followers are the most effective they can be. Um yeah. and the story is quite interesting because it's a real it's not so much tongue in cheek as it is like a real like harsh critique on how religion works mm. because the god you're serving is basically like bleed your followers dry for everything you can type of thing mm. like make sure you're getting the most out of them even if that means they end up dying you know because there are <laughs> there are rituals where you can sacrifice some of your followers um I know. There, there are instances where some of them die uh because they haven't been fed or or something's happened like there's, uh, you know, sometimes your followers do mm. not see eye to eye, stuff like that. Um, so that's a really interesting critique on like, you're building a cult not to, not to like, not to follow someone. It's more like you are, you have all your self-interests um, yeah. at heart. You don't Very have hard, the yeah. interests of your followers. Your interest, the interests of your followers are there just to serve your ultimate goal, not really because you care about them, put it that yeah. way. Um, which is a really interesting like commentary on on religion from a game that looks as cutesy as this. Yeah, like, it's it's adorable. <laughs> yeah, it's really cute. Like uh, if you're watching the footage, uh, well, if you're not watching the footage, it. I was telling Matty before we started recording it. To me, it's like a combination of uh, "Don't Starve," that like 2D sprite look in a 3D world, but with the animation and mannerisms from like a Powerpuff Girls. It's got mm. this really good it's animation big eyes. style. <laughs> yeah, it's the eyes. The eye animation is really good. They're so emotive and evocative. Like it's really, really good. So I'm thoroughly enjoying this game. Like mm. it's just got such a captivating hook that doesn't take a long time to to like to surface around, itself. Yeah. Like after half an hour, you're like, cool. I know exactly the mechanisms of this game. Mm. I know Every day I need to, in the morning, deliver a sermon because you can only do a sermon once a day. Then mm. I need to go into the dungeon and then I need to come back in time to like, uh, upgrade my camp so that by the time I'm done, it's the morning again and I can just continue that loop over and over. Mm. Um, and the dungeons are neat. They're like 
small interconnected rooms with enemies. So the the rooms themselves are small and the combat's fairly basic. It's like you've got one weapon with a one main attack. You've got a sort of pseudo magic attack that you can do. Um and yeah, you you like can some so I in my game I've unlocked weapons now that do poison damage. I think I just unlocked a tier that allows me to find weapons that do vampiric damage. I've got nice. a bunch of magical abilities that like um there's one that spawns like a line of tentacles in front of me that do damage, which is quite fun. Um it's really good. There's a really good dodge mechanic, uh, like a roll dodge with, you mm-hmm. know, um iframes attached to it. And the boss fights are quite neat. They so each dungeon each dungeon when you run it, um it like fills a bar that uh determines when you can fight like the overall boss of that dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um so in the first case I had to beat that dun- that dungeon four times before I could face the big boss. Okay. And I did that yesterday. Um and the final like big boss is sort of like an amalgamation of the mini bosses that you fought mm. prior in terms of abilities. So it's okay. a real, it's a nice little challenge because you're like, oh, okay, I fought all of these three challenges like individually. Now I've got to cope with them in one enemy at once, like all of the attack uh, types yeah. and movement types. So it's good. I think this is 100% a Matthew game. Like I'm playing yeah, this no, and I'm like, Matthew's, Matthew's going to fucking adore this oh, game. No, I'm, um, I'm watching the footage. I'm like, oh my. <laughs> yeah, it's, and oh it's my. apparently quite long. So uh, Jessica Howard, who did the review for GameSpot, said she played for 30 hours. So True. yeah, there's apparently a lot of replayability in the in the dungeons. And I think it just like exponentially grows out. Uh, like you mm. know, sort of like an Animal Crossing. Like at the beginning, you're making tons of progress and you're like, oh, I'm going to finish this super easily. Yeah. But then like the requirements for upgrades start increasing and increasing Getting, and increasing. Yeah. yeah. So oh boy. Yeah. I've got the I'm playing this on PC. It's on Switch. It's on consoles. God damn, I wish I had a Steam Deck to play this thing. I uh, don't switch, man. <laughs> it's like double the price. Almost double the price on Switch, yeah. Uh, but I think this on a handheld in bed, oh, just doing like a couple great, of runs, yeah. like playing a few mm. days, sort of like Animal Crossing. Um, yeah. At least it's not like Animal Crossing where you're limited to the number of actions you can do a day. It's like, yeah, you I can, can, I can play this up. for hours if I want to, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's a good game. I'm really, really digging it. And I think I'm glad that the hype, like it wasn't just like a game that looked good in trailers and previews and then ended up being like quite shallow. Like this game has got universal praise. Like it's being yeah. spoken about in game of the year discussions already. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, I, what, it's up there for me. I think what's interesting is that um, Spider-Man obviously launched this week as well. Uh, but Cult mm. of the Lamb is... <laughs> didn't they didn't they put out a tweet about that they did it was great it's like we'll we'll meet again (laughs) spider-man so good so yeah it's it's selling very well which is which is cool i always love seeing surprise indies do good work do you do you think calling this an indie is strange considering devolver published them like (sighs) it's devolver is a publicly traded company now it is but it's it's a weird thing because i don't imagine like a building of people made this game, mm. let alone like a floor of people. I imagine mm. a game like this was made by f- five to 20 Probably. people. Probably, a that. smallish team, yeah. Which, you know, which is a small team. I mean, that mm. to me, it, that's, a, that's not the strict definition of an indie studio, but I'm like, it's a small studio, um, you yeah. know, owned by Devolver or published by Devolver. 
So I know it's this weird gray area, but in my eyes, it still kind of looks like an indie. Yeah, um, I think. L- listen, I agree with you. I think. I think um, I was just seeing this this uh, discussion crop up on Twitter again, and it's a it's a good discussion to have because like there are games still coming out to there that are by definition indie. They are mm-hmm. self published. Um, they don't have help from publishers because like Devolver, even though they are a, a publishing label, they provide a lot of money and financial security to the the games and studios they're publishing. So mm-hmm. it's a very different concept from indie, which by definition means independent um yes. and that's just not oh, how no, it is sure. anymore but i agree with you it's the sort of to me it's the sort of style that the game mm. is developed under it's like a small team with a small core concept that is sold at a lower price yeah and i think well, people just latched onto the name indie to describe that type of game that you know type of I mean? game well yeah. think of think of this who who's the studio that made hitman is it io mm. io interactive they, yeah i don't think they they're independent by- they're independent, but you yeah. never look at Hitman and go, that's an indie game. Exactly. <laughs> for, for, the, for, the longest, like for the longest time, Bungie was the same thing. When they split yeah. from Activision, they were publishing themselves. Would you mm. consider Destiny an indie game? Not a fucking no. chance. <laughs> but by definition, they it, are independent. Technically like is, yeah. Bethesda is independent, or they were independent. <laughs> they, they, were. Were, they were a label that collected a bunch of studios, so by nature, they were independent. Like, so it is it is a weird term, but I, I mm. get where people get hung up on like I get the problem where it's like you get an actual indie game on Steam that is ten dollars versus a cult of the lamb, which is twenty-five. But mm. the process of making those two games are wildly different, even though you'd yeah. call both of them indie. Like mm. the developers of Cult of the Lamb probably had far more financial backing to help get their game over the line. So mm. but at the same time I'm glad companies like Devolver exist because it helps game more games like this you know get created without the financial risk of the developers like if this game does not sell uh, yeah. like we're ruined you know what i mean yeah so yeah i'm glad that it it's out and i'm glad devolver keeps putting out bangers Some good stuff way, it's like devolver and annapurna um very rarely miss so yeah yeah anytime annapurna misses is when they publish 12 minutes hey jesus christ <laughs> yo but what a Hello. what a good few weeks for like <laughs> big profile indies like Stray, mm. Cult of the Lamb. Love mm. it. Love to see it. Love to see it. Um do you wanna do you wanna let me know I what's mean, happening in the world of anime? Of anime, oh my god. So I am playing a little little indie. No, I'm kidding. A little anime. Oh, it's a baby game. It's so small. <laughs> yeah. It's super super small. I'm playing a little a baby a JRPG called Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Mm. So it's a casual you know, five hour game, you know. Five, yeah, it's super <laughs> short. I'll probably finish it by <laughs> today. No, I won't. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I started this game last week. I mean, and I spoke about it very briefly. I'd played maybe the first hour, which okay, if you've never played a JRPG, you you need to understand this genre of games. You go in knowing that the first five to ten hours, if not more are mm. basically a huge tutorial <laughs> wrapped around yep. story. Yep. Um, and this is no different. So I'm only eight hours into Xenoblade Chronicles 3 now. And like I was telling you before we started recording, I am still getting so many tutorial cards. Um, and I, I have to keep reading them in detail because I'm so worried that I missed something that, mm. a, you know, a, a, an upcoming tutorial builds on a system I don't understand. Um, so yeah, 
what I'm getting at is that I'm still early days in this <gasps> game, which look, it's I Matthew believe, in the game. If you're watching the footage right now, it's <laughs> me. <laughs> I believe this game is anywhere from 80 to 150 hours. So I'm like, I'm really 150. Are you seen, serious? I've seen, Holy um, shit. yeah, I think there's enough side quests to keep you real busy in this game. So I've I've really just scratched the surface level. Um, wow! Obviously, no Blade Chronicles three, but I've played enough of it now, at least, to give you more of you know more detail on how the game works. And it works very similarly to I've only played number one in the whole franchise. I've missed two and I've missed X, but it's got that same signature Xenoblade thing of you explore these huge, huge, huge open spaces. Um, mm -hmm. You'll see in the the video footage probably now it's these huge open spaces that you can run around and just pick up resources take up fights with any of the local wildlife um and obviously as you explore you'll you'll encounter other characters who will give you side quests which the sort of ilk i've encountered so far are like i need x amounts of this so it's some fetch quests <laughs> but i have seen that um the quality of side quests in this game are a lot better than the predecessors so i remember in number one most of those quests were literally like even by the end of the game i go to a new camp and i meet someone and they're like i need five parsnips and you're like why <laughs> why do you, why am i doing <laughs> why am i doing this level of quest now i'm, I'm making so a stew i just need those parsnips <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's been interesting because these worlds also always start out like innocently enough. And I know this game's gonna go places. Um, so just to briefly recap, this this game is set on a world called I think it's Ionis. Um, oh, that's a good name for a world. <laughs> I yeah, the, these I've got to memorize these names because there's some weird nonsense going on. Um, and all I can tell at the moment is that I'm part of a faction. Uh, either. Agnes or Kevis, and I'm in a war okay. with the the opposite faction. Um, okay, <laughs> humans in this world only live ten years for some reason. So you are literally born, you learn to fight, and then you die. And the whole premise of this this you know these factions is that they want to fight the other faction to steal their life force to sustain their own faction. So yeah, wait. It's, it's so they <laughs> so they get so if the more they fight, the longer they live. So yeah, it, it to me it seems like it's just this ongoing cycle of they in an ongoing war with each other to harvest each other's life forces to sustain their life. That if is that makes sense. Rad. That is a okay. cool premise. I like that. Okay, but we, we all know that this is probably gonna be some microscopic layer and that there's I'm sure a bigger force that's either controlling these factions or there's a bigger world. You know, that's the sort uh -huh. of thing I'm expecting. It's I haven't got the yet, but I'm Always. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm imagining that because I remember Xenoblade One was the same thing of like, oh, there was this war between these two warring, uh, you know, these two big machines, and now there's two different factions, and 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 that game went places. So it's interesting because I think, I think these games are set in the same universe, but they're completely standalone. Yeah, um, that's what I was about to ask. Like, because I've seen some people saying. Like you will get more out of this game, obviously, if you've played the other two, but they are so separate in a way that you they, don't need to play one and two. They, they, I think they are super separate. And I mean, it's because it, I think it might be that thing of they set in the same universe, but 
this game takes place a thousand years after the first game. Like I don't I thought, know. Oh, okay. Wow. No, no, okay, no. no, no I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing because I mean, a lot of the the races and the themes and the landscapes have like um, you know, a, a sort of distinct feel, like a very Xenoblade feel. So like if you're watching mm. the video, if you know this lady who has like wings for wings on her head that's like a specific race in this I game those were ears never mind I, well maybe the eyes i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, it's it's jrpg nonsense in in the best way and I, i'm looking very much forward to actually you know mm. it's funny because i've put in eight hours which you think would be enough to sort of give you more information but all i can really tell is that i've got a little bit more information on you know the world that I'm I'm running through, but even mm. even if just at a surface level, um, but the game itself is it's good fun. Like if you're watching oh, the video this now, this is what I've been good. talking oh about. It's it's just these big open spaces to run through. There's lots How of how is this running on a switch? This looks amazing. So yeah, it it looks good, but it's funny because when you have it on switch, it kind of looks like the textures are low res, a bit muddy. Um, okay, a bit muddy. Yeah, which. I guess it has to because when fights get busy, there's a lot of effects happening. There's a lot of stuff happening on screen and the performance doesn't dip, thankfully. And I imagine, I, you know, it's for that reason. I that think you're also things. you're also running into the issue I've had for many years with the Switch now is that you're playing on a higher resolution display um, mm. uh, because obviously you're capturing while this is docked, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. And because the Switch dock only outputs a 1080p regardless of mm. what display you've hooked it up to, it depends on your display to yeah. upscale it. And upscaling on a display level is always bad. It always mm. makes everything look really soft. A little and, bit more muddy, yeah. Yeah, so you're experiencing what I've always complained about having my Switch dock to a 4K TV. It's that it mm. looks bad on the TV and it always looks way better in handheld um, because then it's a native resolution. So again, yeah. if we ever got a Switch Pro that... It doesn't need to do 4K rendering. It just needs to have something that upscales it correctly uh, instead mm. of depending on the TV to do it then. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, the the dock does upscale the resolution as well, right? I mean, so for example, if the Switch runs a game at 480p, the dock will run it at 1080 Oh, sorry, 720p. Well, yes, yeah. The, yeah. It, it, it will upscale it in that, but it the maximum it scales it up to is 1080. It's 1080. Because yeah, I think... So. Yeah, this game on handheld, even then, still looks like muddy. It looks. Oh, I mean, really? you get you okay. get you get used to it. I mean, I think I don't know. Maybe I've been, <laughs> maybe I've become a two K snob. You become spoiled by the sharpness <laughs> of fourteen forty p. Um. So look, it, on Switch initially, it looks. It, I was a bit like, oh man, this looks muddy. But you get used to it. I think it's part mm. of the look of this game as well. I think it's um, got a good art style, though. Lots of color. Yeah, um, the color's very bright. So there's a lot, lot going on on this heads-up display, though. But <laughs> on the UR, yeah. Jeez, there's one, a lot happening, yeah. One thing I will say, uh, again, I've only played the first game. You could only control three characters in the first game. So okay. I think you could choose from six or more characters. You could only have three of them at any time. Mm -hmm. uh, this game, you have six people. Like, I've only just recently towards the end of my, I suppose in hour four, five or six, you get a full party of people. You start off with three and then now I've got six people. Mm -hmm. um, you can only control one at a time, but interestingly, like Final Fantasy VII Remake, for example, in battle, I can swap between them if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, but that that really comes down to like a personal preference thing. It's not like the AI is holding back on spells and I need to switch to them to cast it. It's more thing of, I just want to play 
this character because they're a spell cast and I know how they work, for example. Mm, or mm. I know this character's all about dodging and being, you know, in the thick of battle. I prefer playing with them. The other, the AR does its thing. Um, and like okay. you actually mentioned before we started recording, there is an auto battle mode. If, you know, you just want to grind out, you want to just run around the world, let your party do their thing. You know, it's mm. a mindless grinding. That is an option. Um, but I imagine, I mean, so at the top of the, the segments you might have seen in the year, I was busy learning about how characters have different classes. And it's got that thing of, you know, you can switch different classes and then if you, you know, sort of maximize a class, you can retain those uh, traits or skills for other classes. So it's got that layer of stuff, which I still need to dig into. Mm. Um, yeah. So early days, but I'm going to be playing this game for, many 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 weeks probably months <laughs> it looks good it, like yeah, this is the if, first time i've been interested enough in a xenoblade yeah. chronicles to be like i might pick up this game mm. um because it looks like xenoblade chronicles one always interested me but uh, never to the point where i was like yeah i'm gonna invest 100 hours into this but this mm. one looks pretty fucking great like, well yeah, and the the thing is, this being on Switch is great because I can just jump in, do a couple of fights, or run around, collect some resources, and then mm. you know dip out. Uh, I do think when it comes to the cinematics, that those are almost I'm going to say Metal Gear esque. There's some long cinematics going on. Hell there. yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> I'm into it. Um, so yeah, I suppose that's counter counteracts the quick play sessions. But the point I'm getting, it's it's great on Switch. Uh, mm-hmm. Games like this, I can actually finish because I will find time to just slowly chip away at them. If I play, <laughs> I played eight hours this week. If I if I keep this up, I'll finish the game in like twelve weeks, which is cool. <laughs> this is a, this is another Casual. example of like I'm looking at this game. I'm like, how is Pokemon allowed to look as bad as it does when this is oh, yeah. on the same hardware? It's like, yeah, come on, please. It's weird. It's weird. This game's game looks great. Like. Oh yeah, visually, there's a lot happening visually. I mm. think the, the 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 switch is probably like screaming at you while playing this. It's just like help, this is- like release <laughs> me from my pain, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. I, th- good I, th- I think we're definitely getting to the point where a more powerful switch needs to uh, needs I to come out. Yeah, next year is like a, a definite. Maybe a, a switch plus, whatever the whole they decide. Yeah, to call that'd it. be great. Even if it's not a switch two, you know, because mm. I think transitioning from the current switch to a brand new platform is going to be tough for them because of how many they've sold. But just something that is like, cool, we can play Switch games on here, but you can also play the newer ones, you know, like, mm. yeah, that'd be great. I would buy that in a heartbeat. My goodness. So would I probably. And I have an OLED. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, wrong so with that's, me? That's Xenoblade Chronicles 3. That's Xenoblade I'm keen Chronicles to, 3. to check in on you with this oh my in God. the coming weeks. This, as this we is going to be the on. new Elden Ring. <laughs> Oh my goodness, can you believe? Speaking of Elden Ring, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Speaking of Elden Ring. Uh, yeah, not today. Uh, but <laughs> So we are done with, yeah, that's games for, sure. for the week. This week uh, whole, we actually had a lot to talk about this week. A whole assortment of new games. Um, do you want to move on then to, to gaming games news? Arts. Oh, no games out this week. Oh, sorry. Yeah, right. Games, game releases. <laughs> well, we can, I totally forgot about. We can about fly, that. fly through this because we uh, we've nearly hit an hour already. Yeah, um, <coughs> we are looking at games from today. So that is what are we? August? Yeah, August thirteenth. Thirteenth. Up until August nineteenth. 
My goodness. So some we games. are looking at geez, so many. Cool. Oh, oh my god, yeah. No, oh, quite a few. Um <laughs> so firstly we've got Fashion Police Squad, which I think we made we made a joke about last week where you are the fashion police, quite literally. Um mm-hmm. came to PC. August sixteenth, Roller Dome. That's that like roller derby slow yeah. motion shooter thing coming to PC, PS4, and PS5. Mm-hmm. That looks fun. I'm kind of keen to play that. Yeah, I'm um, keen to see how that reviews as well. Way of the Hunter coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox August 16th. Um, we've got Blossom Tales 2, the Minotaur Prince. So Blossom Tales is a sort of like um, Zelda clone-ish thing, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. I came out on Switch a while back, and it's like pretty good. So this is a new one. Come to nice. PC and Switch August 16th. Kirby's Dream Buffet. This is Kirby slash Fall Guys. Fall Guys, yeah. As far as I can tell. That got a release date this week, so it's coming out August 17th. <laughs> yeah, on Switch. Um, Robo Revenge Squad <laughs> coming to Xbox One and Switch August 17th. Catizens. This has to be a mm-hmm. cat game. 100%. Catizens. Yep. Inspired by Rimworld and The Sims, Catizens is a colony management simulation game where you watch over unique cats with quirk, with quirky personalities. Oh my God. I'm that sold. Adorable. I'm in. <laughs> Done. Take my money. Look at this. Welcome to the... P- oh my God. It's Animal Crossing with cats. Love Take it. Take my money. <laughs> Take my money. Oh my God. With combat? <laughs> What's oh going no. on here? Lead your cat ventures. I I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for them to pivot to that. What was that game? There was that game a while back where it was like, oh, this looks like a Pokemon ripoff. And then you realize it's like, put your Pokemon to work in like an arms factory oh, or something. Oh my God. That, I know exactly which, ga- which game you're talking about, but that, that trailer I, went oh, places. Paimon, I think it was called, or Paimon. Pi- I don't fucking know. But it's that crazy. game, wow. Never in my life have I seen a turn Such as sharp a, uh, as that in a, in a trailer. <laughs> yeah. This game, I love it just for the pun. Lost and Hound. Lost so and Hound. That should be um, the name for a like a Sherlock Holmes like side story with the hound of <laughs> about Sherlock Holmes dogs. Yeah. Lost and Hound. Lost and Hound. Uh, uh Themisia coming to PC, PS5, Xbox, and Switch. The Me- isn't Themisia the homeworld of uh, Wonder Woman? I have no idea. Themisia. Themisia. I'm pretty sure. Mm, no, I'm wrong. Demisia is a <laughs> grueling action RPG with fast-paced combat and an intricate plague weapon system. Oh, this looks almost mm. like a Dark Souls-ish thing. Nice. Oh, published Take by Team name. 17. So, yo, this looks pretty oh. good. Okay, Demisia. okay, I'm into it. I could play nice. this. Um, Then we've got mm, Metropolis. Metropolis. God, nice. is this another simulation but with dogs? <laughs> that would be would have been, so funny. Would have been two T's if it was that you know, if that was the case. Matropolis. Mm, it's not, but that would have been funny. Damn it. Uh Matropolis is a lovely sci-fi adventure set on the abandoned planet Earth. Plays Henry Dijon, as in the mustard. Dijon. <laughs> in search of a legendary lost city. I'm ready. It almost looks like a point and click adventure game. It's got a really mm. cool art style. So nice. Uh then we've nice. got Curse to Golf. Which looks pretty cool. I think that's that golf roguelike, isn't it? Cursed. A golf roguelike. <laughs> golf. Cursed to golf. Uh, is a golf. Huh? 
is a golf-like golf-like adventure game <laughs> where every shot counts. Plays a task of making it out of the out of golf purgatory to become a golfing <laughs> legend. This looks so cool. A curse to golf. I'm um, down. I'm into it. There's a demo out on Steam now if you want to play it. Hilarious. Golf purgatory. This Love is a John Marco Marco game of the This, this, this is a weird tangent, but did you know there exists such a thing as hole in one insurance? I learned this this week. What? So apparently, yeah. most golf courses, if you hit a hole in one, you are obliged to buy a round for everyone at the, the club. So yeah, yeah, people that, yeah. literally take out insurance against this because it can be in the Why? thousands. Oh, shit. <laughs> Insurance companies, so smart. They offer policies for whole and it's like That is unbelievable, yeah. What Who a time knew? to be alive. Who eh? knew? Can't just be a gentleman's agreement. Be like, yeah, I hit no, all in one, like, guys. You, this will actually ruin go, me. Like, I'm not going to pay good, this. Like, well done. Yeah. Like, no, no, yes, uh, drinks now. <laughs> yeah, no, fucking hell. Uh, last two games, RPG time, The Legend of Right. Uh, coming to PC, uh, Switch and PS4. Uh, it's only out on PC in September, <laughs> so it's only Switch and PS4. Um, uh, and I a tale this. of paper refolded. Oh my god! This is this. the way they say remastered. It's refolded. <laughs> <sighs> Coming to PC, Xbox uh, One, and Xbox Series X and S. Love to see it. And that's games out this week. Oh my goodness! Uh, should we move on to gaming news? What is the headline this week? Mm, where do you want to start with? Um, let Lord. us talk about maybe. Shit, I'm I'm okay. I'll let you choose. I'm conflicted between the the Sony news and the well, they're both Sony newses. The Microsoft <laughs> okay, well. news and the Sony shipping PS4 news. I guess we could start with the Microsoft claims Sony pays blocky rights to stop games appearing on Game Pass. So Microsoft alleges that Sony is looking to prevent developers from making Game Pass deals. Um, how did this come about? According to documents filed with Brazil's national competition regulator, Microsoft has claimed, okay, yeah, we know that. As part of the regulator's review of Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard, the company alleged that Sony had hampered the growth of its Game Pass subscription service with its business practices. I mean, doesn't that kind of make sense, though? Yeah, so that's something I... When I first saw this news, like, the first thing that came to mind was, like, this seems normal. Like, I don't see what's immediately wrong <clears throat> with this approach specifically because like sony uh s like microsoft does this to get games on game pass as well game pass yeah it's, like, it's kind of the same thing just in a different with a different skin <laughs> exactly they pay people to you know put their games on game pass um so, like, why would it be so bad that Sony pays developers not to put their game on Game Pass? It's the yeah, same as, thing. As, as good guy Darren Bontaz points out in this article, it's likely not some sinister master plan by Sony, but business as usual in an industry where timed and console exclusive deals happen frequently. Yeah, like, that's, that's nail on the head. If you find this weird, then you probably find the fact that 
God of War and Returnal and all these other games are PlayStation exclusives. Like how mm. dare PlayStation have rights to certain games? My mm. only thing with this is if if that's the case, like shouldn't Sony be giving these developers money to appear on PS Plus Plus? Like So maybe maybe that is the That's the plan in the last That's the like, plan going forward now. Yeah. So I think maybe before PS Plus Plus or whatever was a thing because it's only been out for like a month and a bit now. A month, yeah. You know, to, maybe to they were just race, literally yeah. paying money to being like, we cannot afford to have this game launch on. Because most games that launch yeah. on Game Pass are only on PC and Game Pass for a very long time. Um, mm. Like a lot of, uh, you know, what we call indies or some third-party ones, they launch on Game Pass and they're just straight up not on PlayStation. Mm. Um, so this could just be Sony being like, listen, we will pay you a bunch of money to launch on PlayStation and not on Game Pass. Uh, um, so yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be on their service, but just on yes. PlayStation. Yes, so it might still be on Xbox, but just not on Game Pass because then it devalues, mm. like if it's on Game Pass, what's the point of buying it on PlayStation, you know, where Sony gets a <laughs> cut of each sale? You know what I mean? This is, um, I mean, in, in this scenario, I think developers win, hopefully. Absolutely. If Absolutely. you're not being approached by Microsoft to have your game on Game Pass, you're being approached by Sony to not be on Game Pass. Yeah, that, that's hilarious. the thing. Like the, the there was um, there's been a lot of talk from developers, especially on Twitter. I'm glad that they are being more open about it as well. Um, just saying that like Game Pass is a win for them because they essentially they get told that all of their risks are mitigated before the game's even out. They get paid enough mm. money. So that when the game comes out, they don't need to worry about sales. They've got enough money to cover development and some. And then yeah. depending on the deal they've signed, they sometimes get incentives, you know, beyond that. So it's just like, why would you not take that deal? Mm. You know, you, exactly. you run the risk of not clawing back your, your development costs if you don't take that deal. But you also run, you know, the, the possibility that yours is the next like fucking fall of fall guys and you make a ton of money. You know what mm. I mean? So Yeah. But the odds are that you take the the development cut the costs and you make any overhead on that over time. Mm. Um so yeah, I'm I'm sure Sony was ov- obviously offering enough money to some developers that they looked at Microsoft Steel and went, Well, this is almost the same. Or yeah. actually better than releasing Game Pass. So Sony must have been burning tons of money for that. I'm sure. Um, so I suspect they'll start including those games on PS Plus yeah. because it makes no sense. I, that that to me makes the most sense. Why yeah. would you pay someone unless it's like, hey, don't go on Game Pass. Also, please appear on our service instead. Yes, exactly. Like, that exactly. makes more sense to me. Um, so that's interesting. Um if you're shocked, be shook by exclusives in general. <laughs> I mean, all of this stuff is coming up because, you know, there's a bunch of reg- regulation boards across the world all, in, mm. you know, investigating uh, Microsoft's purchase of Activision Blizzard. And mm. as part of that process, they have to ask other industry leaders what they think of this. This isn't Sony putting up their hand and complaining about it. This is yeah. them being asked by, in this case, Brazil's national competition regulator, like, what do you think of this? What are your opinions on X, Y, Z? And, mm. you know, Sony is saying, well, you know, we think that Call of Duty is a big enough game that it can sway the decision on which console to get, which obviously fucking duh. Like, mm, both yeah. of them believe that. That's why for years now, you know, at first Microsoft had made a marketing deal with Activision for Call of Duty. And then after that, mm. PlayStation had it. Like, 
Yeah. That that alone was getting people to buy one or the other consoles because the competitive scene existed on that console. So of course mm. they're going to say that. Like it's not them being like, oh, this is very unfair. It's just like they know that that is a fact of life. So and this is Microsoft <laughs> obviously coming Correct. up with coming up with uh, uh, reasons to be like, listen, we aren't the only ones that do this sort of thing. This is mm. what Sony does. So yeah. you can't call us anti-competitive when our competition when is doing the exact same exactly thing. Same, yeah. yeah. So this is the only reason these things come up. Like, I don't think, I don't think this deal is going to be blocked. I think it would take something quite massive at this point for this deal to be blocked. And mm. I don't think Sony expects it to be blocked. I don't think no. them saying any of these things are going to block it at all. They are just being upfront about what they, yeah, what they think about this entire thing. So yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. But in keeping with Sony news, Sony has shipped over 117 million PlayStation 4 systems per final tally. Um, that's, that's a lot of PlayStation. <laughs> but you were saying that apparently they are no longer going to be reporting these numbers. Yes. So this is according to... Let me just get... Guys, this... Daniel Ahmed, no? Yeah, Daniel Ahmed, who's, you know, analyst over, oh, well, I actually don't know where he works. Oh, Nico Partners, that's what. Um, uh, and I did he, not know he worked there. I just know him from Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he works like, there. The yeah. <laughs> this is the dude who just spits numbers every now and then. Spits mad facts. Yeah. Uh, basically just says that Sony in their fiscal earnings are no longer reporting PS4 shipments, which basically means that the final total for the console shipments sits at 117.2 million as of March 2022. This doesn't mean mm. that production on the PS4 stopped. It's just that it's so insignificant. Well, not insignificant, but it's, it's no longer it's a concern low, for yeah. Sony. They are happy to mm. say, this is what we sold, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's a really su- successful gen for the PS4. That is, mm. you know, uh, it is up top there with some of the best-selling consoles of all time. Um, as noted here in this article on Digital Trends, the Game Boy and Game Boy Color combined came in at 118 million. The Nintendo DS is 154. Uh, the PlayStation 4 never got close to the PS2 at 155, but that was seen as That's... an anomaly. Like, yeah. that gen was very long. The PS3 was not enticing for many years. So, mm. you know, the PS4... I mean completely outsold the ps3 and course corrected sony in a very big way yeah. so yeah i mean and even just for comparison so the the ps4 launched in what 2013 uh I yes it's so let's call it nine years later they they've put it to bed um the ps2 was on the market for i think 14 years or something absolutely ridiculous that is like an obscenely long generation mm. if i'm not mistaken mm. which Obviously, ran alongside the PS3 for a long time because, like you said, the PS3 had significant teething issues. So, mm. PlayStation 2s just carried on selling for the longest time. Um, yeah, the Nintendo Switch is has been a success as well. Currently tracking at 111 million units sold. Crazy, just wild. Yeah, yeah, the Switch is just, basically just, going to pass the PS4 in the next quarter. Of course, and remember, the Switch came out 2017, four years after. <laughs> it's, that is just crazy, and I, I don't see that slowing down. No, nah, probably not. And, and again, that's probably why like a Switch success is a bit tricky, because like, mm. how does 
Probably. How does Nintendo deal with like that transition from this mega seller to like something mm, brand new? So nice. they call it <laughs> they call it the Switch U, and they confuse the hell out of everyone. Oh, good lord, not it again. Fails. In not other again. Nintendo news, we had a lovely little Splatoon three direct this week, yes. which I have not watched because I just missed it. So. It's like a 30-minute direct just for Splatoon. It was fantastic. New news on Splatoon. I'm sure you are hype. I am super. I Listen, I love Splatoon. Uh, Always have. It's one of the games that got me into Nintendo, so super stoked. Mm. Um, The the direct didn't have, like, much that was, like, super surprising, but it was, like, Mm. really nice to see more of the game considering it's out in less than a month. Um, It's so soon. Yeah, it's very soon. Very, very soon. So we've got, like, all the weapon types from previous games are returning, but we've got two mm. new weapon types. Uh, there's a bow uh, called the Tri-Stinger that fires a spread shot of paint. Um, and then the Splatana Wiper. <laughs> it's like a windshield wiper sword. Uh, almost, that it. sends out waves of Splatana. ink. It's really good. Really, really good. Um, there's also new special weapons that you can earn in the middle of uh, uh, matches. And those obviously make a big impact to the paint that you kind of like throw around the arenas, which determines who wins. <laughs> so there's new arenas um, as well as along along with a bunch of, you know, returning ones. Um, mm. So there's going to be 12 stages at launch, which is really cool. Um, it seems like, I, as far as I can tell, they're still doing the thing, which I'm not a huge fan of, um, where they only put two stages in rotation every two hours. So it's like uh, for so every two hours, you can only those, bounce yeah. between two. Yeah, I'm not huge into that. Like if it was for every hour, that'd be fine. But for two hours, it seems a bit long. Also, two um, seems weirdly low. Like why not make it yeah. three? Three, four? yeah, especially when you've got 12 total. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you can still do a bunch of customization for your inkling. So you'll have a bunch of shops in the like square where you can, you know, buy shoes and clothes mm. and whatever. Because like, Style is Splatoon is as much as it is like a multiplayer shooter, it's all about style as well. You like you're showing off your <laughs> gotta look good, yeah. You gotta yeah. look good in, in, in battle. Um, I think the big changes here were there's a new collectible card game, um, within the game oh, called right. Turf Battle. Um, there are 150 cards to collect in the game, and then you good can build Lord. decks and battle other players. Um, and obviously, we're going to get returning story mode. Uh, the mm-hmm. returning co-op mode called Salmon Run, um, which is even bigger than before. It's like a horde mode, essentially. Mm. Um, and it's now going to be available anytime because in Splatoon 3, it was it was oh, only it was available at certain times. Yeah. Oh, okay. So much, much better now. Um, and there's been hints that there's going to be large-scale paid DLC in the years mm-hmm. to come. Nintendo made a basically made a promise that they're going to support this game for at least two years. Um, nice. With you know Splatfests and regular updates, but Splatoon Two did get story DLC, which was really good. So I'm hoping that we'll get something similar here. Mm. So yeah, okay. I'm hyped nice. for this game. I think Splatoon is such a cool concept and such a great mm. multiplayer game. So yeah, I'm I need to still play it one day in my life. So one good. Day. I think you'd you'd dig it. Yeah, I'd you'd really would. dig it. It's a good. I'm, I'm, it's a good I'm like easy to please. <laughs> it's what I what I think is really nice about it is that it's like. It's very team-based, obviously, but mm. it's also, it eschews like the common concept of it's only kills, you know what I mean? It's mm. more like now you've got to position yourself correctly on these maps and, and you know, like if everyone's fighting in this corner of the map, how can I get around them and like spread paint on this corner very quickly mm. as no one like notices what I'm doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, in other gaming news, uh, Alone in the Dark reboot is officially announced. Yeah, so wild. Like, uh, yeah, where, where did this come from? Yeah, <laughs> where did I think it, it was part of, so it <laughs> was leaked and then it was, uh, it was part of, um, what's the name? THQ Nordic's like showcase that they had yesterday that mm. I didn't even know was happening. I also did. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Uh, so yeah, Alone in the Dark is getting reboots and it's like going back to its roots. It's set in 1920, just like the um, OG. original game. Um, I do not like this it, opening scene. Oh my and it's going to be, yeah, it's that, that trailer was very creepy. Um, it's very psychological horror um, style, oh but it God. looks like it's taking... <laughs> going on here? <laughs> it looks like it's taking a lot of inspiration from modern Resident Evil, like it's third-person over-the-shoulder survival horror um, as well. So, yeah, nice. looks creepy. I'm down... I'm down for it. Uh, I have a soft spot for the very terrible Atari one from a couple of years back. Uh, but this looks completely <laughs> different, obviously. This is not modern mm. day and it's... it's yeah, back yeah. in the 1920s. It does it's got a dual, cool, dual protagonist system, so you need to play through both of those to get the full story. So that's very Resident Evil-like. Oh my God, that's super Resident Evil. Yeah, so I'm keen. Oh, There's no Lord. release dates on this. Um and apparently it's been described as in an alpha state, so I'd say maybe a couple of years it's a still long this comes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool. Uh, That's a surprise. Yeah. Don't know where the hell this came from. It does look very cool though. Uh in other gaming news, Hogwarts Hogwarts Legacy delayed to twenty twenty three. I did not know that this game had a release date. I just thought I saw this news i was like oh it's got a release date now of february yeah, i actually 10th. was pretty much the same <laughs> as you I mean, didn't I was, realize it was yeah, it's for like it's been delayed it's like oh i yeah. always thought it was early 2023 so if you want some uh hogwarts nonsense it, it's not it's, ba- too it's far basically away it's harry potter x skyrim in a way like <laughs> rpg hogwarts uh yeah <laughs> somebody make that re- <laughs> my god um yeah it's not coming out february 10th 2023 as opposed to holiday 2022 yeah. someone on twitter mentioned that this game was originally leaked in 2018 it has been a while sure. uh, so yeah uh, it's been Lenska coming is very excited for this game hogwarts legacy is set in the late 1800s about 100 years before harry potter even enrolls so it's a completely different time period mm. for for the game um i think a lot of people who are you know, big fans of Harry Potter are keen on this. Obviously, it's very difficult to detach this from the sort of nonsense that Harry Potter's creator has been embroiled in for mm-hmm. years now. J.K. Rowling's just lost the plot, um, okay. which is a pity. Uh, pity, again, also for these developers because, you know, they aren't in control of that sort of thing and they're just mm-hmm. making a game based on a very popular property and this game's going to sell super well, but yeah. yeah, it is what it is. Um, but it says that Warner Brothers has distanced the project from her in light of her public and transphobic remarks on gender identity. Yeah, which is uh, good. I mean, they, I, yeah. they had to do that. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Anyway, this game, like, I'm not, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. In any case, like, I watch the films, I've read the books, mm. whatever. But like, I could play a cool RPG that is based with magic, yeah, so like if it's cool, I, I like the- combat and stuff. I love the books enough to just wonder if this game will be any good. Like, obviously, yeah. I hope it is, but I'm curious to see what the hell it is. Yeah. Um, I know so. a couple of people super keen Oops. on this because they really love Harry Potter. So, like, mm. the combination of an open-world-ish RPG and, um, 
you know, like wizarding magic stuff seems rad. So yeah. Yeah. Um in other delayed news, Marvel's Midnight Suns delayed again. Current oh God, gen releasing yeah. before the end of March twenty twenty three. So if you don't know what Marvel's Midnight Suns is, it is basically XCOM with Marvel Heroes. <laughs> it's a turn-based, yeah. Although turn-based with the weird, game. the weird like spin that it's also got deck building mechanics in it. So yeah. I think that's the thing that has thrown a lot of people because they were like super into the idea of XCOM and Marvel, but now it's like mm. a deck builder and people are like, eh, I don't like, like deck well, builders. You know what I mean? On. So this has just been delayed. Um, to this was meant to come out in October. Yeah, like October not 7. long from now, and now it's so, at least and at least March, like yeah, twenty twenty. Because it'll release before the end of Take Two's fiscal year, which yeah. ends March twenty twenty. I mean, this game has been delayed twice now on the precipice of launch. Like it was meant to come out much earlier this year, I think mm-hmm. in like March or April this year. So we're we're like on the verge of a full year delay. So. So, but I wonder. I wonder if the reception has not been what they expected. They you know expected, I mean? yeah. Also, I do wonder because it's got Marvel. Obviously, it's it's a Marvel game. Are they, you know, getting heavy-handed with making sure, not in a bad way, but like making sure that it, you know, means it's good quality yes. or, yeah. I'd, I'd presume so. Like Marvel mm. obviously doesn't want someone going out the door that isn't up to their standards, but at the same time, mm. maybe they seeing the remarks online and going, well, we need to change this, <laughs> X and Y. I don't know. Um, yeah. I hope it comes well, out in a good state because I, mm. you know, I love XCOM and I dig Marvel. So the combination of the two seems rad. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm not sold on the whole card-based card mechanic thing. of it. Yeah. yeah. And then in last bit of news this week, Hideo Kojima marks the eight-year anniversary of PT. Wild. <laughs> the secret Playable Silent Hills demo terrified people almost a decade ago on PS4. Uh, my favorite part of this is that, okay, Kojima tweeted this. Uh, on the, I think I'm part of the the Death Stranding Reddit or something, which mm. obviously has a lot of Kojima fans. I've saw a bunch of posts, people going, what is it? What is he hinting at here? He <laughs> tweeted about Pete. It's like, no guys, he's just saying it. It's like, my dude, it's ages. just the anniversary. <laughs> it's <laughs> literally ages. just the anniversary of it. Like there's nothing, nothing else to it. Like he mm. literally cannot do anything with that game because Konami still owns it. So yeah. sorry. It's, yeah, I, I'd love to know what the alternate reality looks like where this game did come out. Um, I still, so I, I was fortunate enough to play it um, in its heyday just once on a cousin's PlayStation. Mm. Good Lord, it is a terrifying showcase. Um, yeah, if you don't know what PT is, it's, it is basically a teaser demo for Silent Hill or Silent Hills, I think it was called. Mm. And then obviously things went sour, Konami and Kojima had a bad divorce. Uh, no. <laughs> Konami kept the kids. <laughs> you hate to see it. Yeah. Um, but I do think that sometimes it's uh, a part of me thinks it's almost better this game never came out because that demo was so good as a closed experience. Um, it was designed to be that closed experience. I don't know what a full game would have looked like. I don't think mm, it would have mm. kept that same level of horror for a full five to ten hour experience. Um, you don't think it? Yeah, because like the 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 PT like. It led people on so many like avenues on what a Silent Hill what, could be, you exactly, know, like this. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I tend to understand what you mean. It's like, you know, could they have pulled this off on a much bigger scale? Um, at the end of the day, maybe. But I don't know. It, it, to me, it works better as you you looping through this corridor. The 
the horror just keeps getting dialed up weird shit happens i don't know how mm. you do that on a full-blown scale um so yeah what could have been we'll never know but i've never played it i'm i'm kind of sad i never did but at the mm. same time at the you know i had multiple opportunities <laughs> at the time to do it i was just desk like, no. <laughs> like also at that time i wasn't like super into horror at that point mm. um i've only really like very recently started really getting into horror games um so at the time i was just like well i'm never gonna fucking play this not a chance mm. um and now i feel sad that i'd never got to experience it but even today like the way people talk about it and being like one of the most terrifying gaming experiences they've ever had mm. Um, not in a way that's like cheap or unearned, just like no, unnerving like and exceptionally mm. designed. So it's yeah. a bit annoying that you can't even download it now, like no. in terms of a preservation reason. It would be great if I could just play this, you know what I mean? Um, you know what would be yeah. hilarious is that Konami, if they really wanted to, could turn around and sell this demo for like... Yeah. Imagine five, they're just like, we're bringing PT back for $10. Oh my yeah. God, they would make so much money. Oh, they would. They would. People <laughs> people would give them shit initially, but people would buy it. Mm, like, they'd yeah. buy it, 100%. I'd buy it, unashamedly. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably buy it, yeah. Um, yeah, but on, on that ancient note, good Lord, eight years ago. Eight years, that is, incredible. That is gaming news for this week. Should we then move on to questions? If you want to send us a question, you can email us checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us uh, online on all our social platforms at Checkpoint Chat. Uh, what is on the docket for today? We have, so there's a couple of questions. Let me just pull them up. I know we had one this morning from Megs who asks, <laughs> there's another question for Matthew to roll his eyes over and sleep. Uh, what computer case would you recommend I get? Preferably in black and not tourist traction inspired. <laughs> Currently <laughs> using an eight-year-old Cooler Master N300 that will be trashed. Sure, eight years is a good amount of time to it's get out run. of the... Yeah, it's a good run mm. for a case. Um, so it depends on a couple of things, obviously, like what size is your motherboard? Is it ATX? Is it mini ITX? Is it micro ATX? Like all those things factor in. Like if you're building an ITX case, then there's... A number of suggestions if you're building a standard tower then there's a number of suggestions but um i think currently if you're looking for a very good case uh fractals torrent series is really good they have full tower cases they have the compact which is a mid tower case and then they have the nano which is an itx case and all three of them are airflow um uh like concerns so they're very good for for thermals uh, across the range um if you're looking for just good options for standard towers the fantex p400a fantex p500a very good cases that aren't like super expensive as well and just like solid performers uh courses 4000d airflow very good as well um yeah those are I think nowadays you go for a airflow case. So that means a case with a mesh in the front and with lots of fans. Like do not buy cases with metal or glass front panels. Like you are just choking your poor components. Um, and especially with graphics cards and CPUs getting more and more power hungry, they need more and more cooling. Just go with a, an airflow focus case. And Fractal, Fantex, and Corsair have put out some solid choices uh, over the past year. So yeah, would go with any of them. God damn. Well, there you go. I know this shit. I love PC cases. I, I had a nice nap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. We have two questions from good, 
good guy Malash over on email. So he sent one earlier this week. Wait, let me just find it. Uh, he says, good day. Miss me. Good day. Oi. <laughs> Oi, governor. Uh, so this is another question for you. As we approach the second half of the 2022 season, he's talking about Formula One. Oh, uh, do you think okay. that Leclerc, Le, Le, Leclerc has a chance Leclerc, of catching yeah. up to be a real contender for the title or will Ferrari's strategy and reliability continue to sabotage him? Nah. Uh, also, do you have any other spicy predictions for the rest of the season? Uh, are you ready for another nap, Matthew? I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think Max and Red Bull are way too far ahead now. Um, it would take something spectacular on Red Bull's side to fail for Ferrari to have a chance to catch up because it's not it's not a matter of like if Ferrari wins every single race from now to the end of the season like Max just needs to come second and third in, the, in most of those races and he'll still be championed by a fucking mile I think it's like he can miss the next three races like just take a holiday and Leclerc <laughs> can win all three of them and he will still be leading the championship it's done like it's it's done Ferrari's fucked it up this year so Sure. Um, I think what Ferrari needs to worry about more than anything now is losing second in the constructors to Mercedes because they are dangerously close to doing that, which is obscene given how poor Mercedes started the season. So in terms of spicy predictions, I do think Mercedes are going to end second in the constructors this season. I think they've clawed their way back into this championship like really, really well. And I think, um, you know, at the beginning of the season, Lewis Hamilton was saying they'll still win a race and I said, there's no way. I think, that will happen this season. Mercedes will mm. win a race somewhere. Not sure where, but yeah. it will happen. Um, somewhere. But yeah, I think Max and Red Bull have the, the championship on lock, which is a bit disappointing because it it like takes the sting out of the final few races. Um, but I'm hoping this means next year we, you know, as everyone kind of like settles down with the new regulations, we get a better idea of how the cars work, that Ferrari, Mercedes and Red Bull will be fighting a lot closer at the front next year. So, yeah. yeah. I'm very keen for the final end of the season. Some fantastic races, um, especially Spa in Belgium. Last year, we were robbed of a race because it rained there and they cancelled the race. So, I'm keen to see the new cars going around there. Good Lord. That must be so disappointing. I mean, obviously for, for you as a fan, but imagine having a ticket to that. Race. Oh, it was horrible. I, I felt because it was raining Shit. so much on the qualifying and they still managed to run qualifying. But then, on racing day, like it was raining and every few minutes they would send out the safety car around the track to kind of like judge the conditions. And then you'd come in and be like, nope, not happening. So it was literally like watching the poor commentators. I felt bad for them yeah, because they essentially had to fall empty air for like three to four hours before the oh race was officially called off. Um, so yeah, it was so a bummer. For, just for, for my own understanding, if, if, if it's like a heavy rain, does the race just straight up get cancelled because it's too dangerous to race? Yeah, so essentially, you know, they'll try race as much as they can, but they have a they have a window, obviously. Like, mm. they, they can only delay the race so much because then they're going to run up against issues of, like, it's becoming dark in the evening mm. and they're at a track where that's not... That's so, not, yeah. you know, that they, they will not start races when it's too wet um, mm. because then it becomes dangerous. Uh, the cars mm. can only displace so much water, so... If they're yeah. not displacing that much water, think about your car on the road. You're essentially, yeah. there's a layer of water between you and the road. You're just aquaplaning. Um, you just, yeah. Yeah. So, you know. And you're going that fast, you'll die. <laughs> yeah, you'll die. Like, it's. <laughs> sure. So, they've often stopped races mid-race where the rain has become too heavy. They'll red flag races sure. and try and restart them. But in Belgium last year, it was just like, it would not stop raining for like four hours. And like heavy, heavy sure. rain. So, yeah, they just didn't start the Damn. race. It's a bummer. 
Mm, there we go. Uh, one last question from Alesh. <laughs> this one's titled FOMO. Uh, okay. What is the biggest gaming item you regret missing out on? Uh, a one-off item in a game you never bought or earned or perhaps a collector's edition. Oh. Uh, for me, the season, my son and I started Fortnite, but I couldn't be bothered to grind to level 90 to get Rick Sand the Rick, Rick Sanchez skin. Oh, from Rick and Morty? <laughs> my, yeah. My, my kid got it and it's epic. Battle Pass skins will never be sold for money. <laughs> uh, and then also there's a Bioshock collector's edition. Remember when games were 500 Rand and collector's editions were 700 Rand? So worth it for that big daddy figure. Wait, was there a big daddy figure with Bioshock? Oh my God. I think there was. Bioshock collectors. Let's uh, look this up. Because I, I bought the collector's edition for Bioshock Infinite, Infinite which came with yeah. the Songbird, Songbird figure. Yeah. And that thing is Good pretty Lord. dope. Like, oh my God, it yeah, did come with this. This thing. is such it's a, a whole... sick figure as well. Man, collector's yeah, editions awesome. back in the day were... Okay, no, wait, hold on. This is a figure oh, for the 10th anniversary. 10th anniversary, yeah. yeah. Okay, which still looks actually really fucking good. I would have I would have bought this as well. Bought that, yeah. Um, and now running secondhand on eBay, brand new, is 9,000 Rand. So, fuck that. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, this was a $200. This is sick, though. Like, That's very cool. A big daddy figure with a, a little sister next to it. Um, oh, on like a diorama with like you know rapture in the background very cool uh, that's a yeah i would i'd be kind of bleak if i if i didn't um get this collector's edition and i you know if i knew it existed at the time and didn't get it i'd be bleak um yeah i think the one that, what... that always bugs me wasn't a collector's edition for a game but it was a figure that was sold exclusively on the sony store uh so we couldn't get it locally unless you imported it and it was a a journey figure where it had like um a, one of the robed characters in the you know usual brown robe and then above him was like a white robed one with like huge mm. flowing scarves and um friend of the show Neelan he has one and when I visited his place when one E3 I got you to cried. see it in person and I cried. Yeah. It's <laughs> massive. It's like it's like this big. It's a huge figure. It's beautifully designed. It was like three hundred dollars just for the figure. Oh it's like God. it's not an insignificant Yeah. Uh, and, and to this day they, there was only one run of it. So they'd never resold it. Oh my more. god. And I just wish to God I could have picked that up because like that is like so Nilan's up to security since every time you visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... He kept watching me with with uh, you know he had cameras watching me. He'd be like, hey, I'm going to go shower. Don't touch my figurines, you know, type of thing. You know? <laughs> if you touched it, it's like, hey. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? I also uh, feel I, bad for missing out when we were in Gamescom, at Gamescom together. I had the chance to buy that Tracer figurine that I think you mm, bought one for Garth, if I'm not mistaken. I think mistaken. I bought for Garth, yeah. And I was like, I could buy this. Mm. But I was like, I didn't have as much money then that I do now because I was still a student and yeah. I regret and not was, buying it because that figure was dope. It's real cool. Really I, I cool. think at the time, I mean, even by today's standards, it's still like a fair chunk of change. It was one yeah. and a half to two thousand. It was also man. limited runs, yeah. And so, out and of I, all the over, Overwatch figures they released since then, I think it's still the best one. I think it looks phenomenal. Are they still releasing the figures? Because I mean, I know they I did some since, but I haven't seen like anything. Because no. they did um, a Mercy one. I think they did a Reaper one. Um, I must say that that is yeah. one collectible as well because even on that same trip I was tempted I was like I don't even 
I don't even collect figurines, but I love Overwatch enough that I want this trace. It was it cool. The, the whole good, like yeah. her little like blue zip line that goes behind her for her recall, like oh, mm. it, it just. And I remember at at over uh, at Overwatch at Gamescom, they had like a life size version of that figure at the stand. Uh, I mm. remember seeing it there. Yeah, very very cool. What are it's your your foam? No, I think I think ones? the the tracer one comes to mind because you mentioned it. I, I'm not. I'm actually kind of good with FOMO stuff. Um, mm. Like, granted, there might be one or two games that come out where I'm like, oh, oh my God, I really want to play this like now. Um, like, Elden Ring was a good example where I think we were sort of sitting around waiting to see if we got review copy. Mm. And the game launched on the Friday and we were like, well, we're not going to buy it just in case. And then we never got code and we only got it on like the Monday or the Tuesday. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> we like, like wasted a whole week and like maybe we could have played it. I was desperate to play yeah. this game. Yeah. yeah. But uh, in terms of collectibles and stuff like i can't say anything comes to mind mm. i'm sure there are times in my life where like, i think i think I we we that. had the same thing happen when uh, final fantasy 7 remake came out like we were waiting for code oh my god never came yeah. and i think we only waited one day there we were just like fuck this. Yeah, like, let's just whatever. buy the game <laughs> and that's funny because you played it and i didn't play it for months i like, know i never got to it mind. for months <laughs> yeah uh it's really funny yeah but yeah that's cool that that's questions questions if you want to send us a question you can email us checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us online at checkpoint chat on all social media platforms and that is episode 179 hmm? 197 197 200's coming uh, up yeah 200 it's three episodes away and I won't be here so <laughs> sorry I'll do it by myself <laughs> yeah just so solo that episode just go Hello, for it it's uh, me by myself <laughs> well, uh, happy birthday um, so yeah that is uh, episode 197 of Checkpoint Chat as always thank you so much for supporting thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week have a fantastic week okay bye goodbye